Hey guys, this is Greg, and I'd like to welcome you to the Blackstone Experience. Thank you for hanging out with me on the podcast, man. I deeply, sincerely appreciate um, your presence here. So thanks so much for spending your time with me. This is also lesson uh, 10 of the 21 Days of Magical Theory. So you should now have nine days of theory and techniques that really lay a great foundation for what will be a powerful magical practice. So these theories, these techniques um, will take us into the next really probably lesson, perhaps two lessons, where we're going to use the information we have so far and craft and create our own spell or ritual. Now, so if you're just joining this 21-day series, uh, like you just discovered Lesson 10, you really need to go back and start at the beginning with Lesson 1 in this series and then follow them in sequential order uh, for instance, Lesson 10 can't even be done without the practices found in Lesson 8 and Lesson 9. So you really need to go back to Lesson 1 and hear the theories and, and the practices um, and follow them in sequential order to this lesson, Lesson 10. Now, what you're getting in this set of lessons is theory and practice that form a portion of my own uh, personal practice, right? So these theories and practices come from a variety of sources, grimoires, traditions, um, discussions, right? Personal experimentation. And so this is a powerful way. What I'm going to teach you to uh, in the next lesson or two is a powerful way to do a spell that will bring about results. What you're getting um, is a little bit of a... Well, what you're not getting, I guess, is an exhaustive set of lessons on everything that I know, right? Much less all the information available in the world of spellcrafting. And that brings me a little bit to my next point. Within the magical community, there are a wide variety of how people view and practice the magical arts, right? There are perhaps hundreds, maybe even thousands of magical schools of thought and practice uh, in the world. So that being true, with all this variety of um, ideas, right, practices, schools of thought, there's kind of this unfortunate trend in magic in which some schools have uh, traveled almost the same road as religion with each system kind of developing their own bias, their own beliefs and doctrine, then allowing that bias to create uh, separation, judgment, animosity, and confusion, right, towards other thoughts or schools of magic. So just like religion, for some, magic has kind of become a little more than a, a, a theology, right? A little more than, than a religion, right? And there isn't a lot of emotion attached to the practice, but instead, um, or even devotion in and of itself attached to the practice of magic, but instead a devotion and emotion attached to the knowledge or the education of a said practice. Um and just like in religion, when we have a relationship with the knowledge or the education as opposed to the source, um, there's a loss of power there. There's a loss of potency there. 
personally, I don't even allow much time for these kinds of con conversations, right? They're, they're kind of stupid, to be honest. My original training and practice was in chaos magic, and so that's what I know, and, um, and natural magic as well, but it certainly is not beyond the realm of possibility possibility right that I have my own bias and prejudice I'm in fact I'm sure that I do but I don't allow a lot of room um, in my life for the negative opinions of others so typically what you find in chaos magic is a pretty efficient way of practice um, that is effective right so my amalgamation of chaos magic and natural witchcraft is something that I enjoy It's something that works for me it's something that I have found to be very effective and produces results some well not some but but, but there may be quite a few who would disagree with my personal practice uh, but I don't really care right um, to me the most powerful magic is not one with the most difficult or over ceremonialized or or over ritualized steps attached it is the practice that is natural and that organically flows from you um, and so that's what you're going to get from me in my opinion when you have a spell that is over ritualized you you you, uh, you lose some of the passion some of the focus uh, there can be a disconnect between the magician and the magic he or she is trying to create. And they literally get lost in the steps um, and disconnected from the passion and focus, exchanging it for methods and views of correctness. Now, I've seen this happen in religion. And what typically happens in those circumstances is there becomes a greater love for the theories and ideas about, for instance, a deity as opposed to love for the deity in and of itself. So it's my, uh, it's my personal experience that sometimes when there's an over-ceremonial aspect or there's an, an over-ritualization of magic, the magician is a little bit cut off from the magic that he or she is trying to produce. They get lost in the steps and disconnected, right? And so all of that being said, um, what I'm going to present to you is an outline for a spell or a ritual. And as I progress through this outline, I will tell you about items that mean something to me. However, what I suggest is that you look at this outline and you mold that practice um, to your personal connection, your personal passion, your your personal focus. In my experience, when emotion and focus are present, magic flows organically from us. I believe that magic is a very organic and very natural state of humanity. In fact, um, my my good friend Valerie Love and I were talking just this just yesterday actually and we were talking about this very thing and she sent me a quote that I want to share with you guys um, here it is it's by Michael Malice and to be quite frank I have no idea who that is but um, this is the quote we are born knowing that life is a magical adventure and it takes them years to convince us otherwise 
And I really believe that that's true. Magic is something that naturally and organically flows from us. And then as humanity gets involved with an over-ritualization, an over-ceremonialization, right? All the colors, all the words, all the, you know, just there's so many things that, that can get thrown into the mix. It soon becomes obvious that to some we're not the magic but it's the ritual it's the article it's the tool and i just don't believe that that's reality and so to do or to operate in the kind of practice that you're getting in this 21 days of magical theory you need to be able to spend enough time with yourself to understand that you are the magic you are the power you are the connection you are the um, divine presence within that within that working that really produces the result. So all of that being said, I think it's critical to understand that as we approach any type of magical practice, what we're doing is we're using the energy in us to connect to the energy around us. And in reality, all of that energy is exactly the same. So I can present to you a ritual. I can present to you a ceremony that um, is effective. And I can tell you that it's the words or I can tell you that it's the tools that you use or the colors associated or the herbs and spices and all these different things. But in reality, you are the magic. And until you understand and accept that and realize that power flows from you, you're never going to have a really productive, magical practice. And that's critical to understand. You are the power. You are the magic. And what you're doing in these ceremonies or what you're doing in these rituals or what you're doing in these spells is you're tuning into the innate power that comes with being a divinely created human being. And I really honestly believe until you understand that and accept that you're going to have a magical practice that is subpar if you're constantly relying on rituals written by individuals who honestly just made them up themselves right like they decided this is a powerful ritual this is what this means and they wrote it out themselves or you rely on a tool made of an inanimate object um you're taking away from the most powerful magic that there is, the energy of you. And so that's really, really critical. Now, there's no way we're going to get through this entire session of how to create a spell today. This is going to be a two-part thing. But let's go ahead and get started with the first few aspects of this, and then I'll catch you in the next lesson. So at this point, you've decided what you're spellcrafting for, right? Uh, you know what it is that you want and why you're here. You've done what we call an ecology check. And I believe that that was in lesson, um, I think that was in lesson eight, right? You've created a simple to the point intention statement that's written in the positive, in the affirmative, as if you already possess the thing that you're spellcrafting for. And we discussed this a bit in lesson eight and lesson nine. And so you should have that with you as you come into lesson 10. So you've, you've gone through those processes, right? You have the intention statement with you. 
So the first thing that you're going to do is you're going to enter your magical space. Now all this is is a space where you can be alone and unbothered for however long your ritual is. And you need to decide what do you want in your space. And this is really up to you. This goes back to the point I was making just a few moments ago. You're the magic. You're the power. You're the connection to the quantum realm, to the ether, to whatever it is you want to call it, to the to the web of energy. You're the connection point. But sometimes it's helpful to have tools to create an atmosphere that help us better facilitate a mood of magic. Okay, so do you want an altar? Do you want candles? Do you want a bell, an athame, or other ritual tools? If so, do a little bit of research on those, right? Uh, candles, tools, athames, ritual tools, and um, how to set up an altar if that's what you want to do. Um, although I wouldn't suggest getting too um, wound up in the specifics, but decide exactly what it is that you want to bring into your space, right? You can make these as elaborate or as simple as you want to. On that note, you know, when I first started doing magic, my altars and my ceremonies were really elaborate. They were really ritualized. Now they're extremely basic. I mean, there's three, four items at most on any altar or within any magical space that I create. And I found that actually to be more effective. So as you progress in your craft, there are a lot of things you may want to add to your to your magic to create an ambiance or, or mood of magic, right? And some of these things do help elevate your energy. Um, so I'm all for it. Anything that continues to fuel passion and focus. Um, but for our purposes in this particular ritual all you really need is a white candle a small plate and a cauldron or something to burn um, a piece of paper in and your magical record right okay so the next step so so you're going to enter this magical space you've created it it's exactly as you want the next thing you're going to do is um, what is often called as casting a circle or um, some call it uh, calling in the quarters. And what you're, all you're really doing is just sort of, some would say you're creating a sacred space or a, a, a protection. Um, I think what you're really doing is you're focusing and concentrating your mind um, and your body and your subconscious that you're getting ready to do magic right for me um, what I mostly do is I call in the quarters and that is calling in the angels from uh, because I come from an Abrahamic tradition my leanings are Christian still uh, strongly and so if you want a script for that um, along with instructions you can email me at the black sheep experience at gmail.com or you can contact me um, you can DM me on Instagram and I'll send that to you um, but that's what I do because that's where my preference is. Okay, so if you want to learn more about casting a circle, you can you can Google that. If you want to call in the quarters, like what in my personal practice, just email or DM me, and I'll I'll um, I'll share that with you. Okay. Uh, so the other thing you want to do now is you want to really prepare your mind. So you want to take a few moments to let go of all the things that you brought into this circle, into this magical space. Maybe it's conversations you had through the day. Perhaps it's conflicts that you have in relationships. 
uh, financial burdens, whatever the case may be, you want to come to a place where you can let that go. Now, depending on your meditation practice, it's going to really determine how long that takes. We'll talk more about meditation in the next lesson or two. But you want to take a little bit of time to really clear your mind. It may take you five minutes. It may take you ten. It, it just depends on how convoluted and frustrated you are as you come into this magical space. But you need to get to a place where a lot of the problems, um, frustrations, and circumstances that have weighed you down are no longer main stage in your mind. And so again, that can take five or ten minutes or whatever it takes. And so the way I would suggest that you do that is simply this. You're in your magical space. You have whatever tools you want present with you. Um, get into, I guess, a comfortable position, right? Perhaps that that's some type of a meditation posture or it's sitting in a chair. Uh, really doesn't matter. Light your candle. Close your eyes ever so slightly, but not enough that you can't still see the flame. And then just begin like a no-thought meditation. So what you're doing at this point is you're just creating stillness within your mind. Staring at the flame, and as the thoughts come, you simply let them go. As they try to invade, you just push them along. And you get to a space where you finally get a no-thought mentality. There's silence. There's peace. Um, and so you need to go through that process. Once you go through that process, um, then you need to begin with your intention statement. So you brought your intention statement into this space, right? You know what it is that you're spellcasting for or what you're doing ritual for. So now we're going to do a little bit of what I call holistic magic. And this, sport, uh, this portion of the spell may or may not be found in other spots. I have no idea. But it was kind of given to me by the Holy Spirit. And so to me, it's a really important aspect. Holistic magic was something the Holy Spirit shared with me about magic. He called it holistic magic. Uh, I never checked to see if there was a magic called this. I, I really don't care. Um, yeah, so there may be, there, or it may be very different than what I'm sharing with you. Um, it, it's completely irrelevant to me. So um, you've cast your circle. You recognize the power in the moment. You have cleared your mind. Um, which may take a few moments of meditation, right? To really feel inspired, to really feel in the moment, to really sense the energy around you, um, to realize that you and the energy are one, you're connected to all things, and the energy you, uh, you choose uh, to kind of code to the atmosphere will create powerful reverberations within the quantum, right? You've, you've done all of this in your first five to 10 minutes of meditation. So now in this silence, we're going to visualize and identify with our intention. And as you do this, you're literally sending vibrations into your subconscious and from your subconscious into the universe. So you've come into your magical circle. You've meditated 
away the problems, the concerns, uh, the frustrations. You've connected with the energy vibrating around you and in you. You've come to a point where you realize that these two energies, the energy that is you and the energy outside of you is really one. And that what you're getting ready to do is literally code this energy with your intention. So in this meditative state, holistic magic begins this way. What does it look like to have that desire? What would you see? How do you look? How do your surroundings look? And you're going to want to create strong visualizations to the desire. So if it's to be wealthy, what, what does that look like to you? What kind of car would you own? What would your house look like? Where would you live? Who would be surrounding you? What, what kind of clothes would you wear? You need to be very, very visual about this aspect and really connect with that visualization. Literally connect with it. See yourself driving that car. See yourself with that job. See yourself with whatever the intention is that you want. But connect with the visual. And this will take as long as it takes. What smells would be present? How would your desire, for instance, affect what you smell? If your intention was to live in a tropical climate, what would the air smell like? Or the ocean breeze at night? And work really hard to inhale the fragrances present in your intention. Really connect with that. Take whatever time is needed to make that connection. Because you're going to identify with all the senses here. Visual. Right? Smell. What sounds would you hear? Once again, the same thing. The sounds you might hear if this intention was real. If it's a tropical climate, could you hear the ocean from where you're at or the palm trees blowing in the wind? I mean, really try and hear the sounds in your mind of what it would sound like if that intention were already, were already true. Connect with it until it becomes real for you. Then we move on to taste. What taste would be associated? And then really live in that moment. Taste the wine. Taste the food. Taste the whatever it is, you know? If you're trying to, to lose weight, for instance, you know, and that's your intention. Really connect with foods that might be healthy for you, that might um, send you or connect you to your next level self. Really connect with that. How about emotion? What emotions would you feel if this intention was real? Safety, adventure, love, and really work on feeling this, connecting with it until it's absolutely real. And so this aspect of the spell takes as long as you need, but we really want to identify with this being already present, experiential, right? So your intention needs to be a conscious reality. Get absolutely lost in the fantasy entirely. What do you see? What do you smell? What are the sounds? What do you taste? What emotions would you feel? 
All of those become really critically important in this aspect of the spell. It may even be productive before you enter into this portion of your spell to make a few notes, right? Um, what would I, what would it look like if I had this? And jot down a few things that you're going to visualize. What smells would be present? Jot down a few things that you think you'd would be a part of this if this intention were already present. And then on and on, right? Sounds and, and uh, what you would hear and what you would taste and the emotions you would feel. All of these are really critical aspects of creating your intention and then placing that intention into the quantum or into the ether. All of these are critically important. So we're going to stop here on this aspect because this is already a lot of information for your ritual. So if you brought your intention statement with you to this lesson, then go ahead and go back and take that intention statement and um, create an idea of what this holistic portion of this spell would look like. What would I see? What would I smell? What would I hear? What would I taste? What emotions would I feel? And go ahead and just create a few ideas of what you would you know the the things attached to those sensations and then we're going to bring those into lesson 11 where we're going to deal with our sigil um firing this sigil and ritual into the ether or the quantum and then how to close this um out so next the next lesson lesson 11 will be packed full of information um It'll be a very important lesson to you. So, yeah, that's it, man. That's that's what that's what we're going to do for today, right? We're already 25 minutes in, so I'm going to let you do that, and I will catch up with you on uh, Lesson 11. Blessings.